Praise the name of the Lord. Is Easter. Amen. And we'll just look through what God wants us to have today. Amen. Um, our lead is taken from the open heavens. And we'll look at um, the topic this morning is what do you see? What do you see? Amen. Um, but we'll have a bit of long read so that we can have an understanding of what it is. And then we quickly just round up what we have this morning. Um, John chapter 19 from verse 1 to 18. John chapter 19 from verse 1. I will not want to do too much of opening on the scripture. What I mean is that too much exegesis or explanation. I want you to just read through the scripture, right? And let it make meaning in your soul. Do you understand? Yes, let it make meaning to you. Amen. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers twisted the crown of thorns and put on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. Have you ever asked yourself, why do you have purple robe in the Bible? Have linen and purple. Have you ever asked yourself? Royalty, right? God bless you. Verse 3. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hand. Pilate then went out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, that ye may know that I found I find no, no fault in him. Please, can we do NIV, please? Thank you. Mm-hmm. No, I, I really, I read it. I did the study in NIV. I wanted to show us something. Actually. Thank you. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, here is the man. As soon as the chief priest and their officials saw him, they shouted, crucify, crucify. But Pilate answered, you take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jews insisted, we have a law. And according to that law, he must die because he claimed to be the son of God, which is one of the most biggest problems even in Israel today. They don't believe that there's any Jesus coming because they have their rabbi and have their priests, all right? Verse 8, when Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid because they've told him we have a law and Pilate is bounded by that law. Verse 9, and he went back inside the palace. Where do you come from? He asked Jesus, he asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. Verse 10, do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, do you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Look at the next one. Jesus answered, you would have, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me, to, who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Who handed him to Pilate? How did he get to Pilate? Judas? Betrayal? And then who again? Yes, it's from Judas' betrayal, actually. Yeah. God bless you. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. From that singular answer, the man tried to set Jesus free. But the Jews kept shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge, on the judge's seat at a palace known as the stone pavement, which is Aramaic in, which is, which in Aramaic is Gabata. Verse 14. It was the day of preparation of Passover week, about the sixth hour. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away. Take him away. Crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar. 
The chief priest answered, verse 16, Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified. So the soldiers took charge of Jesus. Verse 17, carrying him, carrying his own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which is in Aramaic. It's called Golgotha, NIV. Now you see the Bible, stay there please. You see the Bible is always talking about, go to the next verse please. Thank you. The Bible is always talking about Aramaic. So you see that's the original way, the Bible, that's the original translation of the Bible before it was brought to English, right? Do you understand? So if you want to get a deeper meaning of many of these things and greatly put them in context so that when you are praying or you are having study, it is more powerful when you talk about it. Do you understand? Um, for, for example, the word it is finished has a lot of context, you can put it. In the finances, it means it is paid in full, right? In the medical, it means that there is nothing against you. You are not sick, you are healed, you are whole, right? And then in the court, it means that discharged and acquitted, if you put them in different contexts. Verse 18, the, the, the last verse, and we continue, please. Here they crucified him and went him to others on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Verse 19. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It, re it reads, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Now, this is the way he wrote it. He wrote, go back, he wrote it in capital letter, not small letters. Pilate had been telling them to free this man, but they don't want to. And then he used that to justify himself that this is the king, king of the Jews. Verse 20. Many of the Jews read this sign for a place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and the sign was written in Aramaic, Latin, and Greek. The chief priests of the Jews protested to, to, to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that this man claimed to be a king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what, have I, what I have written, I have written. Verse 20, 23. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took, him, they took his clothes, Dividing them into four shares, one for each of them, with the undergarment remaining. The garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. I think Dami will be able to understand what he said there. Verse 24. Let's not hear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot, by lot who will get it. This happened that the scriptures might be fulfilled, which said, they divided my garment among them and cast lot. For my clothes, for my clothing. So this is what the soldiers did. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Verse 26. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom he loved standing, who's the disciple that Jesus loved? John. He gave himself that name. So he and he started from John chapter 1 and ended in John 21. It's not Jesus that gave him the name, he gave himself the name. Dear woman, sorry, Jesus is standing nearby. He said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son, verse 27. And to the disciples, here is your mother. From that time on, these disciples took her into his home. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scriptures will be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine, wine, of wine vinegar, was there. So they soaked in a sponge, they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the high soap. If you go, if you see, look at this part of the Bible, the Bible says he will wash us with what? High soap. In what? Psalms 51. Am I correct? All right. High soap plant and lifted it to Jesus' sleep. 
when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is what? It's finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Verse 31. Now it was that day of the preparation and the next day was to be the special Sabbath because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the cross. During the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the leg of the first man and had sorry, who had been crucified with Jesus and then those of the others. But Jesus' own was not broken. Why? But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Why? Instead of the soldiers, instead of, instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. What's that, what does that mean medically? Hmm? Medically, it is finished. It's dead, right? Verse 36. I think we'll stop there. 36, please. These things happen so that scriptures will be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. I know that you have gotten an understanding of that in your heart. I'm not trying to explain it to you, but I just wanted you to go through that reading with me to see how powerful... Um, what scripture spoke about the life of Jesus and how important it is in our journey. Because in the seasons of his resurrection and his death, this makes meaning in our journey with Jesus. This is actually why we are here. We can all celebrate his birth in December 25th, right? But what sustained you, why you are, why you are here, is because a, a part of your nature is beginning to understand and agree with the reality of death and resurrection. Like I said, when we're praying downstairs with the ministers, is that you can agree with somebody's birthday, right? But if you now go further to tell the person, tell us that the person rose, died, and rose again, the natural mind cannot carry what it means. But it can only be God who will be able to crystallize that in your spirit. And if you go further, when Jesus rose from the dead, right, at every level, they only saw him as teacher. If we go down reading, if we go to verse 20. To chapter 20 of John, you will see that they all were always seen as teacher. But when Mary went to the tomb and saw that the stone was rolled away and he appeared to her because she was panicked and began to cry, Jesus appeared to her. And she didn't say teacher. She didn't say rabbi again. She now said rabboni, master. He will go from being a teacher in your life as you follow in the course of him and he's been revealed to you, he becomes your master. And at that point where he's your master, you can't go back again. Why? Because you have had an, you've had an encounter that is enough for eternity. Explaining that again, that's why you see the man Paul had a zest and a zeal that no man can take away from him. He is the only one that encountered that a donkey saw his spirit and fell. Do you want to explain that to him again? He's the only one that saw it. And Jesus is particular with our relationship with him. He wants us to be in a place where forever and ever we are all tied to him. We are anchored on him. Because Bible says in Revelation chapter 6, I guess, Bible says, yeah, thinking now, it says that to everyone who overcome, I will give a white stone. What that white stone means is that there is a code on it, on that stone. It means, and Jesus is the stone, don't forget. On that stone is written a code. And only you, only that man will know what is there. Not even your wife, the Bible says. Not even your wife will know what is there. So in our 
in this season of the resurrection of Jesus, it is important that we begin to reconsider our work with him. It's important we begin to think about our journey. Are we still in the journey of wanting to encounter him? Or it's become the normal norm of, oh, I go to church, I'm a believer, uh, I serve God. But I think there's something more deeper than that. I think there's something even deeper than that. What do you see? Imagine that you are at the right at the scene of Jesus' crucifixion and you are looking at him on the cross. What do you see? You will be right to, if you say, I see a man in pain. He had been beaten and, and a crown of thorn had been placed on his head before his crucifixion. John chapter one, chapter 19 from verse 1 to 18. Someone else will say, I see a man who is naked. Because according to Matthew chapter 27 and verse 35, they even took his garment away from him. And this is the highest level of shame that a man can experience to be naked in front of a multitude. Another person could also say, I see a man being ridiculed. Matthew chapter 27, 39 to 44. Says people that were passing by were saying he saved others. Himself he cannot save. Though he had power to call for angels to rescue him, he chose to endure the ridicule so that you and I can have a chance of spending eternity in heaven. I want you to imagine the president of the most powerful country in the world holding a device in his hand with which he can call on the army anytime. You subject himself to some terrorist who is able, who is about to kill him, who is about to kill him and we're mocking him. You call yourself the president of a nation with weapons of mass destruction. Looking at your, look, look at you now. You cannot save yourself. This, that is similarly what happened, to, what was done to Jesus and he's allowed himself to go through that punishment. All because of what? All because of you and I. The place we have or the, encounter, or the relationship we have with Jesus now is because he allowed himself to go through the process. If you read through the, the, the suffering, the death, and the resurrection, it is not normal. It's not the normal process. Because if you go to the Jews, they have something. And if you see what they've been accusing him for, is that he said he is the son of God. And there's nobody like that because Caesar is still alive and Pilate is there. So where did you come from? Why are you doing all of these things? Praise the name of the Lord. So you become a nuisance when you want to upset a system that has been already established on the earth. Praise the name of the Lord. Without any doubt, when you look at Jesus on the cross, you will see a man in sorrow. You cannot be in pain, naked and in shame and shame ridiculed and be joyous is not possible. Isaiah saw the scene of Jesus' death many years before he was he called him a man of many sorrows. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 30, that's verse 3 to 5. If you have if if you however take a close look at Jesus as he hung on the cross, you will see a man in love. And I like this part. It says if you look at it very closely, because nobody will give his life for anybody, right? Nobody will do that. Will give his life for anybody. For what reason? Why? What did I collect from your hand? Amen. The arm robbers are coming to house. Husband, a jackpot and living wife. How much more that you now go and say you want to die for who? For who? And then come back later and say, I she want anything here. Praise the name of the Lord. A man so much in love with you and I that he might go through the highest level of physical and emotional pain to save our soul. Thank God he resurrected on the third day and he made eternal life available to all those who surrendered their life to him. Beloved, don't let this sacrifice go to waste. Don't live your life for the devil. Live your life for the one who loves you so much. 
and that he gave his life for you. Live your life for the one who loves you so much and he gave his life for you. And this, again, is a clarion call. I, tell, I, I was saying to some friends again some days ago, I said, as a child of God, as a believer, you will do many repenting before Jesus comes. Personally, in your own personal space, and in the public where you will come and say, oh, I believe in this. I renounce my sin. I'm, you will do many of those actions. Why? Because as you continuously move with Jesus, he's always continuously putting corrections to you, bringing you to a place where you need to understand that it is more deeper. And I've all come to discover something. The more times you come to understand or you're getting to understand who Jesus is, right? If there's anything like that, you begin to see that it is less of you and more of him. What precedes your life is not you. What precedes your life is the action of him who had called you out of darkness. And this season is important, again, like I said, for us to be able to do a reevaluation. Again, you can eat all the rice today. You can drink all the drinks today. But please, in all of that, all those eating and drinking, I want to beg and I want to ask, please let us rethink our relationship. And if you're somewhere not even close to where you are supposed to be, and maybe you are backsliding, or maybe you don't feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. I know the difference between backsliding and falling into sin. I know it so well. If you are backsliding, you need, you need, this, you need this encounter today. And maybe you fall into sin and you're thinking you are worse of all. No. Till on that cross that Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. And every sin on him was laid. And that's the good news that we have this morning. That there's no condemnation for those who are where? Who are in Christ Jesus. You know, because the, the, and, and the ground began to shake and the stone was rolled away. It was, it was really a disappointment that Jesus had to come back. Why? Because of you and I. So let us just have the song. We'll just sing a song and then we'll pray. And we go into the next thing. Pray. Even in the grave. Just sing it solemnly. Jesus is Lord. Yes. Even in the grave, Jesus is Lord. My soul, magnify the Lord. you can return this morning and say Lord I'm sorry for everything I've done that does not glorify you asking that he will take over asking that he will lead asking that he will he will revitalize your relationship he will restart another one he will give you oil for a new beginning that the essence of and the significance of this season will find expression in your relationship with him 
that there is no condemnation, no condemnation to those who are in Christ. No condemnation. Oh, Jesus. No condemnation. No matter what the devil is saying right now, there's nothing against you. He's lost the battle. You need to come to that love this morning. You need to come to that truth this morning. You need to come to that relationship this morning. You need to accept that truth. Let him crystallize the reality of what he has done on the cross in your heart. And let it be true that Jesus really loves you. Enjoy the love of Jesus. Enjoy the love of Jesus this morning. Just love on him this morning. He lavishes love on you. And he said it is finished. There's no, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. The cross receives all of us as we are and purifies us worthy to come before him. No matter what we have done, even they as red as crimson, they be as white as wool, they as red as scarlet, they be as white as snow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. Eternal Father, we thank you this morning. We bless your name forever. Thank you for this time in your presence. We ask that now let the significance of this season find expression in our relationship with you. Lord, let everyone have an encounter that will last for eternity. Let oil, let the oil on our altar and our lamp never go dry. Fill our cup, Lord. We lift it up before you. That Lord, at the end, let your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.